Welcome to Proven and Probable. Today we're going to highlight the other yellow metal, which is known as uranium. Our featured company is a successful exploration company, as well as a project generator with multiple assets throughout Canada's Athabasca Basin, which is known for hosting the world's highest grade uranium deposits in the world. Before we begin, as always, I would appreciate if you click the subscribe button and click the bell. Now, on to today's interview. Joining us for a conversation is the CEO of Sky Harbor Resources, Jordan Trimble. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me again. Pleasure to have you back on the program and get shareholders up to speed on a number of accretive moves that Sky Harbor has been making since we last spoke in April. Before we begin, Mr. Trimble, provide us with a brief overview of Sky Harbor Resources and the opportunity the company presents to the market. Yeah, so just as a quick recap, uh, Sky Harbor Resources is a high-grade uranium exploration and early stage development company with uh, a number of projects scattered throughout the Athabasca Basin, the highest grade depository of uranium in the world. We have projects on the infrastructure rich east side of the basin, including our flagship Moore project, where we're about to commence a summer drill program. And uh, it's been the focus of most of our exploration work over the last several years. Uh, we've had uh, high grade results, including uh, 21% U308 over a meter and a half in historical uh, drill holes, and uh, we're looking to add uh, to that uh, with uh, the upcoming drill program, uh, which will uh, predominantly be focused at the uh, Maverick quarter. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the interview. And then secondly, we we do have a prospect generator component of the business. So we, uh, with our large portfolio of properties, we look to bring in option partners and strategic uh, partners to come in and advance our other projects while we focus our efforts at our flagship project. And we've consummated two deals and uh, have two partner companies, uh, one of which is France's largest uh, uranium mining company, Arano. They're currently working at our Preston project and another company, Azincourt, which is actively exploring our East Preston project. Uh, and we should uh, hopefully have some news out uh, on additional partner companies coming in on some of our other projects in the coming months. You know, I referenced the accretive moves that you've been making to increase shareholder value. And uh, we've also just referenced the impressive property bank that's loaded with potential. You have projects in the Athabasca, which hosts the highest grade uranium in the world. Take us to the East Preston and get us up to speed on the developments there. Yeah, so uh, as I mentioned, uh, Azincourt uh, is our partner company at East Preston. They've been advancing that project over the last several years is a part of a 70% earn-in that they have. And just to uh, recap that earn-in option, uh, they're almost complete. Uh, they have a summer program that they'll carry out. They'll start in the next uh, few weeks here uh, to complete the exploration expenditures of the project. Uh, we did extend uh, the, the earn-in for this project uh, by a year. And in return, we received two and a half million shares. Uh, and they also have to make a $200,000 cash payment. So we do generate some uh, revenue from that uh, with option payments coming in. Uh, so their plan is some geophysics and some field work uh, this summer, and that will help uh, define drill targets uh, and, and further refine drill targets for drilling later this year, early next year. Uh, and then as a segue, we, we have, as I mentioned, Arano, a strategic partner working at our Preston project, which is adjacent to East Preston. Uh, this is over on the west side of the Athabasca Basin near Fission and Next Gen. Uh, they uh, earlier this year finished a large geophysical and field program. Uh, just waiting to get the final report there with, with some guidance for upcoming 
uh, work programs later this year and uh, into the new year. And that earn-in option is uh, an 80% earn-in uh, that they have uh, and in order to complete that, or 70% earn-in, and in order to complete that, they have to spend $8 million, uh, over a six-year period, the bulk of which is in exploration expenditures. I like the modest way that you just uh, conveyed the the success of your business acumen there. Just think about that for a moment, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So you were able to get shares and capital without share dilution. That is that's important for a shareholder to note. And you just skimmed over it like it was nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Well, I mean, look, it's important given the size of the property package that we have. Uh, well over half a million acres of ground in uh, six drill ready projects. Again, uh, scattered throughout. The Athabasca Basin, we're one of the, the few junior companies that has an NI43-101 uh, compliant resource, uh, but really our efforts and focus uh, remain at our flagship MORE project. That's where we have, uh, we believe, the, the best prospectivity, uh, the best geology, and the, and the best potential for additional high-grade discoveries to be made. And so it, uh, it serves us well having partner companies come in. Um, it uh, also allows us to leverage other technical teams and geologists, which is which is always key. It brings some new ideas to the table. And uh, as I mentioned, we've been uh, working on bringing in uh, additional partner companies uh, on some of our other 100% owned properties in the basin. Well, we're going to get to the more in just a second, but sticking with the East Preston, there is some geophysical target work being conducted. Do we have any updates and when will results be released? Uh, yeah, so we're expecting the program to commence, as I mentioned, uh, fairly soon. Uh, they'll get into the field. It probably shouldn't take too long. Uh, I believe the budget's about one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars. And what we're looking for, what uh, as in courts looking for, there are uh, additional drill targets on some of the conductive corridors uh, that they can go and they can drill test uh, once the ground's frozen later this year and early next year. All right. Let's visit the flagship Moore project. You've had some activity there recently, in particular on the Maverick East Zone recently. What can you share with us, sir? Uh, yeah. So since we last spoke, we announced our results from our winter drill program uh, earlier this year, and uh, we were successful in doubling the uh, strike uh, and extent of our East Maverick Zone in the basement rocks. Uh, you'll, you'll recall from previous interviews, that's been a focus for us. Uh, we, we have a uh, high-grade pods or lenses at the unconformity in the sandstone uh, and a little bit of mineralization that's been discovered previously in the basement rocks but uh, below the unconformity but there really hasn't been a lot of exploration and drilling into the underlying basement rocks at this project and that's intriguing to us is that's where a lot of the recent notable high-grade discoveries in the Athabasca Basin have been found and so we know that there's high-grade mineralization at the unconformity or just above. Uh, we will continue to look for additional high-grade pods in the sandstone and at the unconformity, but we believe within the feeder zones in the basement rock, there's a lot more uh, mineralization that's yet to be discovered. And so that's where we've been focusing our efforts. We announced the results uh, uh, a couple months ago now, and uh, we have plans uh, for a 2,500-meter drill program, which will start up towards the end of August here. And the focus there will be uh, will continue to be on this main Maverick corridor. It's about a four and a half kilometer long conductive corridor. We have uh, several high grade zones uh, along it, but really only about half of it's been systematically drilled. So we're gonna go back in, we're gonna continue drilling at depth into the basement rocks at the Maverick and East Maverick zones. Uh, but we're also planning to test a zone about a kilometer and a half 
along strike up to the northeast called the Viper Zone. And there's been some historical drilling there, some good high-grade results, uh, but uh, not a lot of follow-up work. So we're excited to get back uh, and drill test uh, that target, uh, as well as several others. It's a big property, about uh, 35, just over 35,000 hectares. There's lots of regional targets, and uh, it's great because it's proximal to infrastructure. Uh, we're about 15 kilometers uh, east, due east of uh, Denison, uh, Denison Mines flagship project, the Wheeler project. They're our largest strategic shareholder. Uh, so it's ideally located on the east side of the Athabasca Basin. Uh, and uh, we think there, as I mentioned, a lot more mineralization that we can discover with, with more drilling. We've uh, done a fair bit of work, um, geophysics and, and some more groundwork uh, and geological modeling over the last couple of years to refine these basement hosted targets. And we are working towards a, a maiden resource estimate, which we're hoping to have out towards the end of the year. You know, you referenced unconformity. How does that fit into the narrative of the value proposition before us? Yeah, so uh, not to get into too much uh, technical or geological lingo, but uh, in the Athabasca Basin, it's a sedimentary basin. You have the sandstone uh, above. It's like a big bowl. And then you have the contact with the underlying basement rocks, and that's called the unconformity. You find a lot of high-grade mineralization in uranium at the unconformity. You can have it in the sandstone above, uh, which is interesting because there's some new mining methods um, that are being proposed uh, for uh, deposits in the basin uh, that would uh, take advantage of this, like ISR um, and uh, SABRE. Um, but there's uh, higher grade uh, mineralization that can also be discovered in the underlying basement rocks. And uh, a couple of notable deposits include NextGens uh, as well as Fissions and the Griffin deposit uh, at uh, Denison's Wheeler Project. These are basement hosted uh, deposits that have been recently discovered. So you, you have uh, a couple of different deposit models. And on our project, as I mentioned, a lot of the historical drilling and work, a lot of the drilling that we've done over the last three years has been focused uh, on mineralization at or above the unconformity. So we're now just uh, taking a look a little bit deeper uh, at about three to 400 meters vertical depth uh, and looking for higher grade mineralization uh, in structures in the basement rocks. Sorry for the interruption folks, but I do want to remind you everything we're covering today with Mr. Trimble, you can find in the description box below. And if you like our content, I would appreciate if you give us a thumbs up. Now back to the interview. Leaving the property bank and turning our focus to the uranium sector, Jordan, what has your attention and why? Well, a lot's happened uh, in the last four or five months. We've covered uh, we covered a little bit of it in April when we spoke. Um, there's been a major, major supply side response that's played out and a rebalancing of the market. We're, we now see a pretty significant supply deficit forming. Uh, you have about 180 to 190 million pounds of annual demand, which is has been relatively unaffected by the pandemic. Uh, nuclear uh, power is one of the last sources of electricity generation uh, that will uh, have uh, be impacted because of the pandemic. It's not easy shutting down a large uh, nuclear reactor. Intermittent sources of electricity would be the first to go. So the demand side, I, I think, will continue to be relatively stable. You may see a, a small uh, decrease just due to uh, lower economic activity and output. Uh, but on the supply side, we've seen major supply disruption with the pandemic. Uh, we're now looking at a potential primary mine supply of about 110 to 120 million pounds. Now, this will all depend on 
additional news coming out of Kazakhstan. That's something to keep an eye out for. Uh, Kazakhstan being the largest producer of uranium globally, uh, usually account for about 40% of primary mine supply. Unfortunately, the country's been hit quite hard by the virus. Uh, we've seen uh, an initial an announcement uh, back in April, uh, supply curtailment uh, from Kazakhstan. Uh, we're going to probably get some more guidance from them in the coming weeks here. Uh, but I've been hearing that uh, it hasn't been good. Uh, they, they likely won't be able to ramp up um, to their pre-pandemic production levels for a while. Uh, and uh, it's not just the, the production curtailment uh, that, they've, uh, that they've announced and, and, and that we've seen, but it's also going forward because they, uh, these are ISR operations. Their wellhead development, their drilling, uh, has been basically incapacitated over the last several months. So that will affect their ability to ramp production back up. So I think you're going to see an extended timeline. You're going to see lower production profile out of Kazakhstan for, for a, a long period of time. And I think that that has yet to work its way into the market. Uh, we've already seen or we've already heard from Kazatomprom that they may, uh, and I've heard that more recently they are, uh, buying material in the spot market to make up for the lost production. We know that a number of producers have had to do that over the last several years, including Cameco, been a major uh, source of uh, spot market um, uh, demand over the last several years, and we will continue to see that. And uh, I think there's a couple of key points uh, just to just to summarize all this. Um, and Cameco mentioned this in their recent quarterly call that uh, the industry is is heavily reliant on supply that's highly concentrated both geographically and geologically, and that the risks to supply are far greater than the risks to demand. And that's something to keep in mind for this industry and for this commodity going forward. That any supply disruption, uh, you do see it work its way into the market relatively quickly, and it can have a major impact. And obviously, with the uh, the pandemic, we, we've seen that in this space. And back in April, when we last spoke, it was one of the busiest months uh, in the spot market. Uh, the, the spot market volume, uh, I think, amounted to about 25 million pounds, which is, is one of the the, the largest uh, in, in, in history and uh, cleaned out the market. We saw the price uh, jump up from the mid 20s to the uh, uh, briefly the mid 30s. It settled in back around uh, $33 a pound and it's built a, a nice base here. Um, seasonally, the summer is a bit slower, so not surprising to see the price kind of settle in there. But I do expect uh, that uh, come the fall, we, we could see another month much like we saw in April and we could see the next leg up. Uh, there's a mismatch between deliveries and uh, production and supply uh, towards the end of the year. So you could see producers that are having to buy in the market to meet their deliveries like Cameco uh, and like others that have been um, that have had to curtail production. You could see them be buying more aggressively towards the end of the year to make sure that they uh, de don't default on any contract uh, deliveries, uh, which they, they can't do. So keep an eye out for that. Um, one of the other things uh, more focused in the U.S. is the uh, RSA, the Russian Suspension Agreement extension. Uh, we could see, uh, again, this 20% cap uranium imports from Russia to the U.S. extended out. That would be uh, quite positive for Canadian and American and Australian companies. Uh, the U.S., uh, which, again, is still the largest consumer of uranium globally, with its nuclear fleet uh, having to... Uh, source material, uh, continue to source material from allies like Canada and Australia and domestically. 
Uh, so keep an eye out for that. So there's uh, bottom line is there's there's a number of kind of key upcoming catalysts uh, and uh, this major supply deficit that we've now seen formed because of the supply uh, disruption uh, due to the pandemic and due to low prices. I mean, you got to remember there was a lot of production that went offline over the last several years uh, simply due to uh, the uh, the low uranium price. And we're still uh, nowhere near the, the average all-in global cost of production. Uh, so I do see there being more room to move for this commodity. You know, if audience members want to take a look at Mr. Tremble's pedigree, take a look at our interview back in October. You referenced that there was going to move. There was going to be a move in the spot price. It was 24 at the time. It's gone to mid-30s here. You were spot on. Uh, I got to commend you on that. That's more than a 25% move there. And uh, you made that call right here on Proven Improbable. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's just the first leg up. I, uh, I think you could see a much higher price uh, tra- uh, come to fruition over the next, uh, call it six to 12 months, especially as we see uh, this, this uh, supply side response uh, work its way into the market. Uh, and again, like I said, we'll see what happens in Kazakhstan. I think that's key to watch what uh, what happens there, what unfolds there. Um, if they can't ramp back up quickly, um, much like Cameco has had to do in the last few years, there'll be a buyer in the spot market. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, utility interest. We've seen uh, a number of RFPs recently uh, and utility interest uh, uh, peaking or poking its head up a bit. And that's key because uh, utility contracting typically uh, and historically is what really drives the price, um, and we uh, we haven't seen much of that over the last several years. I think uh, in the next six to twelve months, you'll see these utilities enter into new long-term contracts at much higher prices. We know that the mining companies uh, aren't willing to budge on uh, price, uh, given uh, that there's been a low spot price. We've had a bit of a stalemate uh, over the last uh, several years with the purchasing managers at utility companies and the uranium mining companies. But I think the miners are, are, are holding the hammer here, and eventually we will see a number uh, of, of uh, major contracts announced and, and at much higher prices, which will be positive for the, uh, for the sector going forward. And what kind of contract prices are you seeing right now? Well, the, the, a number of uh, recent contracts, and uh, I mean, the, you do have the long-term contract price. Uh, it's, it's in the low to mid-30s, but uh, there are a number of contracts as well that, that uh, they don't disclose the price on. And so uh, uh, there's been a handful of those uh, that uh, we, we can only speculate on what the price is. But uh, my, my, my guess is you're going to start seeing a number of contracts signed uh, at uh, – uh, a pretty significant um, premium to where the current spot and term price is. Uh, we, we know that the mining companies have been reluctant uh, to sign anything less than at less than $40 a pound. So uh, I would expect over the coming months, uh, especially as these utilities need to shore up supply, they need to restock inventories, you'll see them pay higher prices. Those are some uh, very encouraging numbers, in particular if you're a shareholder of Sky Harbor Resources. Uh, sir, in closing, multi-layered question, what is the next unanswered question for Sky Harbor Resources? When can we expect a response, and what determines success? Yeah, so the big thing for us over the next three to four months uh, is the drill program at our flagship MORE project results, which will likely be coming out um, in October and November. Uh, and our partner companies, as in Court, Arano, and potentially new partners coming in, their exploration programs over the next several months. And 
the resulting news flow uh, from from those programs. And uh, and then as we just covered off, uh, we'll see what the uranium price does. But uh, as we've talked about previously, uh, there's not many uranium companies left here. Play uranium companies left. So. Uh, Sky Harbor does offer investors exposure to a commodity that I think is in the early innings of a bull market. I'm on record for sharing this with uh, a number of my subscribers. You know, the, there's a change occurring in the natural resource space as a number of uh, the CEOs here are in their last portion of their tenure and their careers. And we now have to look to the future. And the future is who is going to be the new young CEO that has the promise that has the potential, and I believe we're listening to one right here in Mr. Jordan Trimble. I've shared that with a number of my subscribers, sir. I think your, uh, you know, your outlook here in in this industry is going to be a very rewarding one, and in particular for those that have the courage and conviction to move forward with you. And we certainly are. We're proud shareholders, uh, Mr. Trimble. If investors want to get more information about Sky Harbor Resources, please share the contact details. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. And uh, the best way to uh, get some more information on the company is to go to the website at www.skyharborltd.com. Uh, I'm very accessible. All of our contact info is on the website. So happy to chat with anyone on the company. Mr. Trimble, it's always a pleasure to have you and Sky Harbor Resources on our program. Wishing you the absolute best, sir. Sky Harbor Resources trades on the TSXV symbol SYH and on the OTCQB symbol SYHBF. Sky Harbor Resources is a sponsor of Proven and Probable, and we are proud shareholders for the virtues conveyed in today's message. Before you make your next bullion purchase, make sure you call me. I'm your licensed representative to buy and sell physical precious metals through Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, where we have several options to expand your precious metals portfolio from physical delivery of gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and rhodium to offshore depositories and precious metal IRAs, there is no minimum to purchase. Give me a call at 855-505-1900 or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. Finally, please subscribe to Proven and Probable for mining insights and bullion sales. Subscription is free. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.